clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! 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 All right, here we are. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. My name is Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. We've missed you guys. We have. It's been, been a spell. We took a week, off. Spell. We took a week off after the Super Bowl because I had to recover emotionally. Adam's been having a rough time. And in some ways. <laughs> Makes me feel like it sounds like I'm dying and I haven't told our listeners. Well, you know, well, we all have things that are personal. We do. So <laughs> personal. So Super Bowl fifty three. Fifty three <laughs> in the books. It was upsetting. It wasn't upsetting to me personally because of the the outcome. It just, yeah, I thought the game was pretty pretty lame. I, I know you disagree. I yeah, I don't think the game was lame. It was lame. It was not commercial. It was not commercially successful um, because it was bad, and the commercials weren't that great either. The commercials were not as good as as years past. I will give you that. Um, the only reason, I, like. I understand most people think the game's lame. The only reason that I don't think it was is because it wasn't a low-scoring game due to ineptitude. Both teams were playing very good defensive football. And that was fun for me for the most of the game. And even though I wanted things to happen and I wanted the Rams I have an interesting score, question about that, though. Yeah. In one way or another, yeah. if can you really have great success on both sides of the ball? Does that exist? If your good, offense is question. doing really well, I mean, your defense is going mean, to look the I mean, you can't. I mean, you can if you, it's a blowout and it's like forty to nothing. But then one two one team is inept. Oh, you're saying can no? I mean, right, no, you, you can't, can't. You can't have your op. But so no. you're saying it wasn't bad because one team one side of the ball did poorly. You're saying you said the game was not poor because of offensive ineptness. Right. It was defensive greatness. Yes. But. If you have defensive greatness, you can't have offensive greatness. One side of the ball has right. to be inept. No, but I don't... Then maybe I'm using the wrong word because I don't mean it that way. Uh, I'm saying that it wasn't a matter of... It wasn't the the Bills-Jaguars wildcard game from last year where both quarterbacks were awful. They were missing throws left and right that were wide open. Uh, they were falling down. They were like bad play calling. It wasn't that. It was... Like, 
those defense didn't play well in that game. They just were lucking out because Blake Bortles and Tyrell Taylor sucked. But that wasn't what this game was. It wasn't that Goff or Brady were sucking. It's that it everything was being defended well. I think there's a difference. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? I mean that's a good example of a def- that's why that's why scoring game that's, not that's what being... I that's why I use the term inept and ineptitude because to me that means that you're just you're just playing poorly. But I don't think Brady or Goff were just randomly playing poorly. I feel I like the Rams' offense played pretty poorly. I, I because I and I, I but I don't think that was just because they were they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I think the Patriots' defense played that well. Right. I think it was what I talked about of their lack of experience, and it showed. Yeah, I I, I don't like when I don't like that. That's what it was. No, but I don't agree with that. I think they just I think they just got beat. I don't think it had anything to do with lack of experience. I I would argue I would argue going into New Orleans on an NFC title game is tougher than playing in the Super Bowl against the Patriots on a neutral field. No. Yes. No. Going into the there's, Superdome. There's no pressure like playing in the Super Bowl. I disagree. Any any NFL player. No, I, I understand that you disagree. Of, there but... are a lot of NFL players who will say it's not nearly as nerve-wracking because you're not going to an away stadium with the crowd roaring. It's not nearly as loud. It doesn't... Any, any player that says playing any game that's not the Super Bowl is not as high pressure there. They're lying. I bet. I bet any team would say there's no pressure like playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're completely wrong. I just think that the challenge of going into New Orleans to beat them on the road to go to the Super Bowl is a tougher in terms of experience. And their inexperience showed it in the first quarter and a half of that game. And they, I see. I again. I I think. I think experience is is touted too much. I think people... Bl- Experience is why Tom Brady won that Super Bowl. Because no. he knew what to do. Well, Tom Brady didn't win that Super Bowl. Tom Brady... Tom Brady was experience, a... Experience... He, he was experience a Experience by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is the reason they knew what they had to do to eke it out. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not valuable, but I'm saying when people say, oh, it was an experience, that's why they played poorly. I don't... I think that that's... I think that's a lazy take. I think that's... I think there are other reasons why they didn't play well because but the you, it defense can, was better. It can be summed up because of experience. The talent on the Rams' defense is better than the talent on the defense of the New England Patriots because of the genius and experience. Oh, it, it, there's no argument. The talent, you will draft a majority of those players over the players on the New England Patriots yeah. any day of the week when you're starting a team. Well, you're saying you like as a general. Yes, not okay. you specifically, <laughs> but I feel like I mean you would you would pick you would pick Aaron Donald over anybody well, on you pick Aaron Donald over anybody in the NFL. So, I'm exactly <laughs> so they have better players. It yeah. was that Bill Belichick is smart enough. He outcoached McVeigh, who has not been on this stage, who has not been. I agree. He was through out-coached. these experiences, and that's because Bill Belichick has seen it all. He knows how to do it, and McVeigh hasn't. Okay. <laughs> I understand. It does not make sense to me. I just I think that you could be out coached in a game at at any point in your career. It doesn't well, yeah. matter. Experience doesn't save you from that. No, but it makes it a lot more difficult. But every time younger people fail or don't have success, everybody says, "Oh, they're inexperienced." That's 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 why. That's not the sole reason. You know I mean? But that's a. But I don't think that's that a that, good. I that's just, a good box to put it into. I just don't think to me it doesn't feel like that's what it was because it wasn't as though. I was seeing Sean McVay or Jared Goff make decisions that didn't make sense. They were just being met I feel by like a there stronger were tons force. Of, you know what I mean? Like what? Like the fact that the few times they ran the ball, they found success, and then they'd go away from it again. I mean, 
the uses of Todd Gurley will forever be <laughs> a mystery to me. Forever. Not only Todd Gurley, um, but C.J. Anderson. But I will say that. I see. I really just. I feel. I really just feel that they met a foe that they didn't realize was going to be what they were, and they got beat. I really. I, I don't think it was a matter of. The moment was too big for them or anything like that. Because it didn't seem to me like they were flustered or like they were freaking out. It was really just they would run a play and it wouldn't work because the defense was there every time. And there were so many negative plays in that game caused by the Patriots. They were in the backfield the whole game. Yeah. And certainly the Rams defense didn't seem like experience was harming them. Because they shut down the Patriots offense for the majority of the football game. And do you want to know what I'll say to that? What? It's because I feel like Wade Phillips, who's been in the league for <laughs> since it started, I was saw, very... I saw that thought jump into your head and you were like, oh, I'm ready for this. <laughs> I feel like he had a plethora of experiences. Like, here's how I'm going to do this. And I feel like McVay, when things got off track, and I feel like it's happened earlier on in the year mm-hmm. when the Rams were not a juggernaut. For the most part, the Rams haven't been a team where when they get behind the chains that they come back because I think McFay gets flustered. And most of the time when they do lose, he's like, yeah, I called a crappy game the entire game. And I feel like that is something he will learn to do better moving forward. Can you call a crappy game just because you had an off day, though? But I feel like, yes, you can. But that's the whole thing. That's a huge thing that coaches are either touted for or destroyed. When you go to to the locker room, adjust. Yeah. And I don't think they did. I think they came out with a very similar game plan. I mean, they scored three more points. So, I digress. Right. Adam had to shave. His shaving is on hiatus right now because I'm a nice friend. You are very nice. And he almost beat me in Connect Four. Almost, but not quite. So but after our cruise, he will be clean shaven once again for another week. For those of you. Ten days, technically. Who don't realize this. Josh is the greatest Connect Four player that ever existed. I, <laughs> I don't know about the greatest. I I am in put awe. myself in the top twenty. And you guys, <laughs> you guys should just try to play him on your your phone because it's really <laughs> quite something to experience. I appreciate you saying that. Um, you did get, you you got the best of me once. Yeah, because you were distracted. I was with my dad shopping, <laughs> but I digress. I should be better than that. I should be focused. Regardless. Um, do you have a rant rave recall at all? I do. It's a kind of a sort of recall, kind of sort of, okay. because I two weeks ago when we recorded, I said if Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, it cemented him as the greatest quarterback of all time. That's still true. He's still the greatest okay. quarterback of all time. I think there's no debate on it. He's okay. won six rings. I will never be done again okay. by an NFL quarterback. Okay. So it's not necessarily a recall, but this Super Bowl, again, is, I think it validates it in the way that we were talking about when we were discussing it, because he's done it in so many different ways. It hasn't always been solely on his arm. He's done it in the different ways to get the job done, which I think as a complete package, that seals it. It's that package that I'm talking about, because I think greatest of all time doesn't mean the most talented of all time. I feel like, or the greatest thrower of all time. Because I would never say he's either of those. I agree 100%. So when we're talking about it, I think when we use the word greatest, that fills our minds with so many things. Like, it's undisputable. Brady is by far and away the best quarterback to ever live. I actually think even best might be a different word than greatest. Mm -hmm. I don't think best 
necessarily means that because I think there are plenty of other quarterbacks. I think you could use examples from today. Uh, you can use examples from the past where you can say are better pure quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time just to play the game because of what he's accomplished. But I think the Super Bowl, especially this one right here, is an example as to why Brady is not the most talented quarterback in NFL history. So kind of a recall. Okay. Uh not necessarily because I'm not retracting what I said, mm-hmm. but I do want to make that very well known that that is my thought process and my belief on that. And uh, I'm sure there are people who disagree. I feel like there are people who agree with me the way you do, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other people who are like, no, that's 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 dumb. <laughs> but uh, those that's that's my thought process, and I'm sticking to it. All right. How about you? I've talked enough about Tom Brady. I don't. It doesn't have to be about that. I mean, you can. Uh, do uh, your... I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a lot to say. I'm honestly, and I know this is dumb, but I'm honestly actually very sad about the fact that they won. And I know that I make jokes all the time, and I pound the Patriots, and I get on all Tom Brady and all stuff. Although I did rave about them on our last episode. Is he... Yep. I did. You did. Um, you like forced yourself to, but you I did, did. But I did, and I said real things uh and if i were gonna rave it would about the patriots it would be about how bill belichick josh mcdaniels and brian flores figured out a near perfect way to beat the rams and they did it and they deserve all that credit and i don't think tom brady deserves an ounce of it especially from wow an ounce not 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 from that one game he certainly deserves an enormous amount of credit for getting them there and, and getting to that point. But if you're looking at one game, I don't think he did maybe 1% involved in winning that game, really. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, come if on. You take away, if, you ta- if you take away Julian Edelman, his stat line is disgustingly horrible. Yeah. And the rest of it is just the defense shut down the best offense in the NFL. So. But unfortunately, he can't but take, regardless, can't take regardless, Edelman away. I would like to... I want to give props to the... Actual, the actual undebatable greatest of all time, and that's Bill Belichick, and he yes. deserves, he deserves, in my opinion, the undisputed title of best coach ever. Um, whereas I don't think Tom Brady deserves the undisputed title of greatest of all time. But Bill Belichick is just he does it again and again, and he always finds a way to put whatever pieces he may have or may not have around into a group and, and wins it. So. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it, or I don't want to go on and on because I just want to move on from the world where the Patriots are the Super Bowl champs. But yeah, yeah. And I will say, I for those of you who haven't seen it, I did lose lose a bet to our pal Charlie Rowell. You lost that before the Super Bowl, and the bet was that he would never make a Super Bowl again. He said he'll make it this year, and we bet on it. And I had to buy him a Tom Brady jersey and send it to him. And I just want to say, even though I know you're not listening to this, Charlie. <laughs> You still owe me a jersey, but I got you yours right away. So That's right. Ball's in your court. Pay up, Charlie. Yeah, it's a typical Patriots fan. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so, rent, rent, recall. So the 2018-2019 season is over. That it is. And we're heading to the offseason now. We're in that dark period of time where there's no football. Although, if you're an AAF fan... A lot of former NFL players. There's a lot of former NFL players in that. And I thought this tweet that was super funny about it. It said, uh, uh, this is Roger Sherman. He is a professional, it says, professional internetsman at The Ringer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's uh, sort of a magazine podcast type thing. But uh, it says, the AAF gambled that there were 
weirdos out here who would be like, wow, it's been way too long since I watched a football game after exactly five days without a football game. And then he put a bunch of ellipses and said, and they were right. So <laughs> They had great ratings. It was. And then so the Clay Travis, who's a big uh, analyst, football analyst, said, how much do Americans like football? The first AAF game on CBS beat the NBA on NBC nationwide in overnight rankings. I'm not so shocked by that. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I'll have to see. I mean, this is obviously the first week of it. Right. The first, and that was like the first weekend. That was the first, first weekend. Whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people are like, well, I want to check this out. Yeah. I mean, if it continues, I'll still be impressed. Right. But I also don't really know, and I'm not uh, not downplaying basketball, but we're not even at the All-Star game yet, right? No, that last weekend was the weekend before the All-Star. Okay, like this so, upcoming week is going to be All-Star So weekend. we're pretty much halfway through. Do people like really No, no we're care? way more than halfway through. I thought the All-Star game was halfway. After All-Star break, there's 25 games left. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're a little more than that. I mean, we're more than halfway. Yeah. So, uh, even, people don't really pay attention right, to the after the All-Star break at this break point? Anyway. Um, but it is worth pointing out that that's how much people love football in America, at least. Um, yeah. And it's cool that I didn't realize that they weren't actually televised on CBS and, and networks that you can actually turn on the TV, not like ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I thought that was cool. But uh, the season's over. Are digging it, so. And uh, we're going to do some year review things to be fun. And uh, starting off with our favorite games, I thought we might talk about some of what our favorite games were this year. Yeah, I want you any? to go first. Because you had to think about it. I had to think like. about it. Uh, I, there were certainly a ton of, of really great games. I personally loved the, I think it was Sunday morning, the Chargers and Titans. Oh, interesting. When they were in London, I believe. They were in London that I day. loved that game. It was Sunday morning. Yeah. That game was, I remember specifically because I had Melvin Gordon on our fantasy team and I didn't know if he was going to play. And I had a show that day too. Fantasy so I woke up. One. I woke up at 8 a.m. to see if he was playing or not to make sure that I could... And he wasn't playing, so I had to pull him out of my lineup. Um, but it, it turned out to be a really fun game. Uh, I remember watching the last play as I pulled up for call, because I was doing the Laramie Project at the time. Okay. And I remember pulling up, and I'm like, oh, great, it's going to go overtime, overtime, we're going to miss it. And it was like, nope, they're going for two. And I was like, oh, man. I just I remember it being really cool, a lot of fun. That So that was that was one of my favorite games. Uh, I feel like I feel like most people would say the Monday Night Football game between the Chiefs and Rams. That was fun. It was we had fun, fun, and we had a lot of fun with that. And it, I'm, it certainly wasn't a bad game by any means. I just that was a game where there was a lot of defensive ineptitude. Like both offenses were. Really, I don't know. I feel like you both could o- definitely listen, argue against that. Both offenses were great, but there were times where there were just blown coverages on that play. Well, I mean, there was but, teams. But we did. But I also that. will say, I think if you there go were back, plenty of defensive takeaways. And you're in right. That game. And I was going to say that I think we did talk about this uh, on the episode after that week. Is that there were a lot of actual defensive plays in that game too that people don't realize ended on defensive it plays. Did. So I mean, again, it was a great game, but I don't, I don't think that was my favorites. I would say the Buffalo Miami game was one of my favorites <laughs> well, for both times actually, because the first game was a lot of fun, even though we lost. Yeah. And we missed Charles Clay in the end zone, but that was just a game where. A lot of people saw it was like, okay, Josh Allen can be that type of quarterback. And then the last one was obviously a fun experience because we were there and it was his best performance as a pro. So it was yeah. just, that was cool. So those are just some of my favorite games. Uh, and then, I mean, the the title weekend was great as well. Yeah, a lot of those games, uh, yeah. I think of, I really loved the Philly 
Chicago game. I uh, had so much fun. I was really excited for the, excuse me, the double doink and and that jazz. I loved the um, Chargers. Oh my, I'm blanking on it now. Uh, Pittsburgh game that oh, was yeah. a ton of fun. I loved seeing LA get back into position to win that game. Yeah. And then obviously to to win the way they did and yeah, it was and cool. whatnot. Actually, I feel like a lot of Chargers games I loved because I mean they had the they played a lot of really good games. The Kansas City game. Yeah, that was that was that was fun too. That was our last Thursday night game. Was it the last? one? Yeah, it was. I remember. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, to uh, Keenan Allen to go down and to win on the two yeah. point, to go for the two point conversion, that was really neat. Yeah. So yeah, there were uh, a lot of games. Unfortunately, I mean, like I loved the obviously week one, the Aaron Rodgers comeback. Oh yeah. Was magical <laughs> to see for me, and I was really excited. I got home from rehearsal and they were down and went to the half and then he came back. So, yeah, unfortunately, I don't really have any great, like, Miami stories. Right. Like, I guess, like, I was in Washington, D.C. when they played Chicago and, like, won that. Yeah. And I saw that. And even the, even the Patriots game, we were doing a show during it. So it right. I remember, I mean, we were driving home and, like, you freaked out during the play. And I was like, what <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> so... I mean, that was fun. I will say this, though. I think that, and it's unfortunate that the playoffs didn't live up to it until, you know, the title weekend, and that was pretty much the only really good weekend of football during the playoffs. Yeah. But for the majority of the season, we had a, a ton of really good football games. Like, yeah. it was really awesome this year, and I, and obviously there were, the, we had a share of blowouts and not so good games too, but I just, I feel like there were a lot of really, really good games to watch this past year. So I think it was I think it was a very very good good year. NFL football. I mean, I'm always just a sucker anyway. Like I will, <laughs> I will literally enjoy any type of football game. I really will. Even even if it's not really a good game, I will still enjoy watching it. And I may be a weird like that. I think you don't always do that as no? much as you say. Like really? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, were you watching? Like, no, I was. It was late and it was a bad score, so I went to bed. I was like, "That's where oh, all the cool stuff happened." Oh, see, I will see that. I, but that's a little bit different, especially on Sunday and Monday nights when I'm working at five a.m. the next day. Hey, or, you know what I mean? That's when the magic happens. I mean, I agree, but <laughs> I'd rather I, <laughs> sleep is great. I, I did, well, and I, honestly, I never used to be that kind of person. I used to always be the one that would stay up late and still wake up anyway. But yeah, I'm getting old. Can't man. do it. I you're can't do old. it anymore. You know, we're old guys, old men. Anyway, good year of football leading to NFL awards. Uh, I don't know if we really want to talk a lot about it, but what are your what's your take on the NFL awards? I this mean, year? they went uh, pretty according to plan uh, yeah. for what we had talked about and whatnot. Nothing really surprised. So the one thing that stood out to me because I didn't know this was possible, and yeah. I, we talked about this. I didn't know one player could win the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year. I, maybe it was just been some kind of unwritten rule during the years because I don't I can't ever remember it happening. Before, I don't remember it happening either. Which means when they announced that Pat Mahomes won the offensive player of the year, I was like, oh my gosh, Drew really did it! They're gonna give it to him. And then he won both awards. Uh, and I just feel like that's kind of it's cheap. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a little sucky. annoying. Yeah, it's a little annoying because obviously if you're the MVP and you're an offensive player. Why wouldn't you be the offensive player of the year? You know what I mean? Yeah, like they kind of go hand in hand in yeah. a way. So I feel like they should siphon these things yeah, out or, I agree. or I figure agree. out because I, I mean, really thought that Drew deserved. We've talked or, about we've talked about this a little bit, but I well, see here's the, here's the interesting thing is uh, to me Drew shouldn't have even been in the conversation for offensive player of the year, huh? but he should have been in the conversation for MVP. Okay, because for me. 
Offensive Player of the Year is a stats award, and MVP should be an MVP award. That's a good and way to And we, we talked it. about this so many times on the show. I don't know if I brought up this before, but I've said it to you. I really, really think they need to just make a best quarterback award and make MVP a non-quarterback award. It could be any other position in the NFL. Well, but, because it's just it's so boring. It can still. I feel like even if you have a best quarterback, a quarterback should still be able to win MVP. I don't know. I'm, I mean, that's taking Drew Brees out of the conversation this year. I mean, it's true, but it's just it makes me so frustrated that it, that's. All, I mean, in the history of the NFL, has a defensive player ever won MVP? Uh, I feel like a couple times. Like I feel LT won it once. I mean, that'd be really cool. I don't really know that, but Pretty sure I know that. Uh, Adrian Peterson won it, and I know a couple running backs did. So other than a couple running backs and maybe one defensive player who is arguably the greatest defensive player that ever lived, no other player than a quarterback has won the award. I think that's really silly. I mean, that's fair. It's, it's a very valid argument. Oh, I understand. We, we know that quarterback is the most valuable position on a team. We understand that. It's just unfair. I don't know if I agree that it's unfair because if you do something truly remarkable, yeah, then you will win. And the example of Adrian Peterson stands out. Like I mean, that yeah. was that was remarkable. Oh, I mean, he was and very he deserved it, and most... he got it. But at the same time, I just I have come off my ratting on Pat Mahomes train. I really have, <laughs> especially late in the year, especially when I saw he did in the playoffs and against the Patriots. I mean, I it really showed that okay, this kid is really special. You know, I'm not, and I never knocked him all year. You know what I, I continually said he's very, very good. But yeah. We need to, Pump the brakes. Sure. So, but I will say, I just, I just really think that very more often than not, if you look back at all the quarterbacks that have won, most of them I can, maybe not most of them, but at least half of them I could find a player on that team that to me was more valuable wow. than if you took that player off. But I don't know. We can go on for this ever. This is just me whining because I think quarterbacks are stupid. Wow. Uh, we always know you're a running back guy. It's yeah. okay. Sorry, pal. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to say? I was happy about Matt Nagy. I was happy. So you I got, got that one I'm right. Happy I got that, that one. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy he got it too, because I I was worried that if since you know they didn't go far in the playoffs at all, that he wouldn't have gotten it, but they still gave it to him. So yeah. I was happy about that. He deserved it. Oh, I agree. Um, that'll be a very interesting division next year. I think Chicago's going to regress. I mean, I agree. I, I feel I think like they're going to miss Vic. They benefited from a fourth, third place schedule this year. True. Next year, they have a first place schedule. They're going to yeah. play all the division leaders, and I think that that's that's going to hurt them. So, I mean, again, we'll talk about next season as we continue to go on. But I I agree with that point actually. So, all right. Yeah. All right. Gotta get to the tough topic. Say you have been dreading this for days. No, I've yes. actually, and I have, I have thought about this so much. But two we, days. we have to talk about two Kareem days. Hunt. Two, two days. We have to talk about Kareem Hunt. Running back Kareem Hunt, uh, who, for those of you who don't know, if you haven't been listening to Simultaneous Catch, was the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year. Uh, details emerged about an incident that he got into a domestic. It wasn't even bent. Well, I'm not using like the legal terms. That no, they but I'm used, saying, but, but I'm saying, I'm right. saying I mean, that like they were, they out. were not in a relationship well, or anything like that. It was really kind of a stranger. Yes. So he abused a woman uh, at a hotel in Cleveland. A little foreshadow. Yeah. And uh, so those details emerged 
late in the year, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs very promptly cut him. He was a free agent. Mm -hmm. And it was just two days ago that the Cleveland Browns had signed him. They signed him to a one-year deal for pretty much dirt cheap, considering. Well, but I feel like that's very understandable. He is still possibly facing a suspension. He is on the exempt list as of right now. And I will say this, for those of you who don't know, he's not facing any legal battles. He, in terms of you know the U.S. law, this is everything he's facing is with the NFL because there were no charges filed on either side. Both parties went their separate ways and, and moved on from it. Uh, certainly, in terms of legally, yes. But so he's not he's not facing anything like that. It's really just the NFL at this point. So I know, obviously, we. Hopefully wouldn't have to say it, but neither of us uh, approved of the incident that happened. We both uh, think that's obviously a shame. And I remember when we talked about the incident when it first broke, we said we hope to one day live in a world where we don't discuss these things, where it's not news, where we don't have to take time to discuss a player doing something like this. Not only a player, but just human beings. Um, but I think we both have mildly differing opinions on this as of right now. I know this is something you feel very strongly about. I'm a little uh, mm -hmm. more, maybe I'll say even keeled about it at the moment. So I know, like I said a moment ago before we talked about this, this is something that you uh, are not excited about discussing. So so tell me your thoughts on that. I my So my uncle's a Browns fan. His side of the family are big Browns fans. And he was over our house yesterday. And he was just telling me about how excited he was. And I was like, I get it, I get it, like, as a fan. That makes sense, you're excited that you have a, a good player. But I guess the point that I've taken these couple days to think about is I would like to know, and I question when, if ever, there will be a time where we value a woman's safety and security over talent and strong powerful fast athletes okay because that to me is why i'm very disappointed in this because and i again i and this is hard this is hard for me to come to this and hard for me to say because i'm such a second chance third chance fourth chance that's the type of person i am mm -hmm. and i'm not even saying that he doesn't deserve a second chance at some point but what i want to know is when does assaulting other people especially men assaulting women, stop becoming a, a character flaw that's on your sheet of, oh, my hitting women. We have to deal with that. When, 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 when do we adopt a zero tolerance policy where this is unacceptable ever? Yeah. I just, I just disappointed because, and I'm also disappointed on a personal level because I loved the Browns this year. I was so on them and I was so on you know, they're going to win the division next year and, they, you know, they might still do that and this might be a big reason why yeah. we'll come to it. It's just, I get so upset when people so quickly say, oh, it's a great move. Like, it sucks right now but people will forget and forgive and, and move on from it and it'll be better later. But like, why should we forget and forgive? That's, an un it's unacceptable to me for somebody to assault anybody, period. And then for people to just be like, whatever, we'll move on from it. But especially when it it's a, a man assaulting a woman, it just it hurts. And I I just I think this it was so inappropriate to do it, especially right now. I they, they did you know 
the season ended two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I wish I could articulate better. No, I feel like but, that was well said. But I just, I'm, I'm just disappointed in the Browns. I don't think it's a matter of they're going to forgive and forget. I think there is a very key reason why it is the Cleveland Browns, and that's because it's John Dorsey. John Dorsey, who my, was uncle, in, my uncle did say that too, who was in Kansas City when yeah. they drafted so Kareem Hunt. Hunt. So if there is a person out there that is going to have faith and believe in this young man who did something very wrong and very gross, it's going to be him. And I feel like with... Obviously, I don't know John Dorsey. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. But I feel like he's extremely well-respected and hopefully an honorable person where... He brought Kareem Hunt in because he's going to help Kareem Hunt right, right, attempt to right the wrongs that were committed. Yeah, and I feel like that's extremely important because if it was, if it is something that is swept under the rag, the rug, excuse me, then it is ten times worse yeah. than committing the incident and doing nothing to correct it. Mm-hmm. That's something that I have high admiration for Ray Rice. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people feel that way, but I respect the heck out of Ray Rice because after he committed his act and it was egregious and it was, again, just gross Mm -hmm. and violent, but he, after not ever having the chance that Kareem Hunt now has. Yeah. He has gone out of his way with his wife now. I don't were they married at the time? I'm not sure. I can't I'm pretty positive I mean, they they're were, married now. They, they, they were together they were certainly together. That's they were why it together. was domestic violence, but I don't know if they, they have married. they now go and and talk and they do speeches and they yeah. have conventions about these things and they yeah. they are a force against it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I think there isn't a better person to talk about those things than people who have been on both sides Certainly. for them to, I mean, obviously women who have been in that, that position, I think are the most powerful people to be advocates of get out of these, these situations. We can all say that obviously. And, yeah. and we're not wrong for saying that ever, but for a woman who's been like, I've been here, I know what you're going through. I know how difficult it is. That's extremely powerful. Yeah. But I think it's, it's not equally as powerful because it's, extremely different circumstances but for a man to be like yeah i've been here i've had that rage and i've made that mistake to hear i would love i've never seen like a video of him talking but i feel like i would get emotional i think i hope i hope he talks about it as openly and as vulnerable and as raw as he can because that could be eye-opening for somebody who might have those tendencies yeah and so i hope that dorsey helps Kareem Hunt correct those wrongs as much as he possibly can. Because if it is swept under the rug and it's forgive and forget, I do agree that's wrong. But I don't, I and I hope it won't be. And uh, we'll I, see if he even plays this year. Yeah, he might not. Know, he might be suspended. Uh, and I've seen... I've it's re- a minimum of at least six games. I've really seen 
Well, that's the interesting thing is because that's for domestic violence, but this isn't technically domestic violence. This is just he assaulted somebody, and there were no charges either. That's why people are so confused about it because, you know, they weren't in a relationship at all or anything like that. It was just – and obviously there's a lot of factors. You know, they were both drinking, and somebody said uh, – people out of Hunt's camp are saying that she Jeez. called him a racial slur and all yeah. these things. So there's a lot. So we don't even know if it's a minimum of six games, but I will say they're... I feel like they will. I feel right. I mean, yeah. Roger Goodell is intelligent enough to keep that consistent. I mean, like, that's similar to Zeke. I mean, Zeke technically had legal issues, but they were washed away very, very quickly, yeah. but they still slapped it down, and people were upset about it, I but were with at things the whole, like that... Ruben Foster only got, like, one or two game type thing, stuff like that. The, the kicker from the Giants a couple years back only yeah. got a game or something like that. But regardless, I, I will say something that's interesting to me about all this is there are differing opinions on all camps. Because I saw people, uh, you know, on ESPN talking about how this is horrible and, and why this shouldn't be allowed. There, ha- like, why is there no tolerance policy for hitting somebody? Yeah. Um, and then I've also seen I, I saw this uh, Sarah Spain. She's another one of my favorite um, analysts on ESPN. She is normally very social justice warrior. As soon as things happen in a very good way. And she tweeted that she was going to go on, uh, like this is right after it happened. She's like, "Join the the blank show. We're going to talk about Kareem Hunt. Lots to talk about." And then somebody was like, "You're defending a man who beat another person." Blah blah blah. Twitter people are stupid. But she said, "I'm no way defending him. I just don't always believe one and done is the right policy. I also don't believe." I agree with that. Yeah, and she said, "I also don't believe the speed with which he's been signed when the events investigation is still pending. How can the Browns know with certainty?" He's treated his issues. That being said, I don't know that this assault should end his career. Uh, we will need the team and Hunt to be transparent about understanding the root cause of his issues, which appear to be anger and alcohol based on his treatment, and explain why they believe treatment can work. And that's why I feel like Dorsey is the key figure. And and that I respect and understand that point. I just, I'm still disappointed. I, that's fair. But, that's very fair. But that's, know, there's in no way, shape, or form should your disappointment be frowned upon. Yeah. No one should be like, that is silly right. of you to think. Because if that someone said that, they would be the silly one. And, and again, obviously we'll see how the situation develops. Um, and just again, on a, on, a, on a fan's perspective, instead of an analytical and a personal perspective, I'm just sad because I've... I've if he's on the team, it's going to be hard for me to root for Kareem Hunt, depending on how the, everything goes. Sure. Obviously, there are ways that could happen where I'd be like, no, I want to I want to see this guy come back. But at the same time, it's just right now at this moment, I'm, I I was a pseudo-Browns fan for so many, for so long, but I'm just, I'm not at this moment right now. That and is very we'll, fair. And we'll see what happens, though. That is very fair, my friend. <sighs> yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that wasn't bad. We, we got into some good stuff. Uh, so, kind of doing a, a wrap-up of the year, we're going to talk about two questions here. What have we learned from this season, and what are we looking forward to heading into the offseason and next season? I feel like I have a generic answer for what we learned. Okay. I think it's not something we necessarily learned this year, but okay. I feel like it continues to validate it. Yeah. And it's that a handful of years ago, all of the talk was how the running backs were not important. Yeah. And the running back position was dead. It was out of date. Yeah. And I feel like this year just continues to put, take a gigantic sledgehammer to that. I'm glad that is I'm really ridiculous. Gl- I'm really glad you said that because that was going to be one of the things I said too. Okay. But I guess I would say more of a broad spectrum is that, you know, 
we learned that there's never just one way to win in the NFL. And very often, the people who are doing it against the grain are the ones that start to succeed. So while we're in the, we were in this past happy age these last couple of years, this year we really found the run game and defense more than we have in the years past. Well, especially, I mean, and the you, beginning, the first half of the year well, was yeah. <laughs> all aired out. But then you, but then you see, you know, the team that won the Super Bowl won it through the playoffs by playing great defense and running the ball down people's throats, and that's how they won yeah. every game they played. And you look at a team like the Ravens, who uh, played a totally different style of football than should succeed in the NFL, and won seven out of eight, and almost you know, won a playoff game, you know? So I just think it's really cool to see that. And it was really funny. And one of the Bills beat reporters did tweet about the game. He was like, yeah, I'm sad the Bills won or, or the Patriots won, but I'm just excited to know that the Bills have been playing uh, Super Bowl caliber football all year because that's the type of football we play where we just cause turnovers and play defense and don't throw the ball super well, but run it. So, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's cool. I think that's something we have learned is that old school football certainly still works. And I do still believe defense wins championships. Yeah. So anything else you learned? Uh, I mean, you're obviously going to disagree based on no, what no. we I said earlier, but I think experience, experience <laughs> versus inexperience is extremely important. <laughs> I mean, I think it's you can laugh at that, but especially I mean, if you look at the playoffs, more I mean, often than not, the more experienced head coach won those games. I mean, second-year head coach won the Super Bowl last year against Bill Belichick. I mean, and but I also, you're right, <laughs> and I feel like that's a huge gaffe, but you were kind of talking about how it was, I was going to bring it up. What? Because you were talking about how one group was just more prepared than the other, yeah. and that's because I feel like last year, New England just slept on the Eagles. Maybe. And, I mean, I don't think there's really any maybe about it. Like, they fully... I mean, you obviously expect to win the game. But I loved I loved everything that happened. I don't need to talk about this necessarily. But I loved everything that happened after they lost that game. I mean, think about Tom Brady's, like, documentary. Like, the last episode was put on hold because, like, they shot it. And Tom was like, yeah, we had stuff prepared because I thought we were going to win the game. I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like, the, fun, the final episode of that docuseries was not released when it was supposed to because, like, they had all this stuff where, like, the Patriots had won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, like, everyone. So, I truly believe oh, awesome. the, they slept on the Eagles. But, I mean, I, 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 see, here's the thing is that it's hard, it's hard when we debate this because I'm not saying experience doesn't matter. I just think it's too overly used. But at the same time, if you look back at all these years, it's funny that we're we're having the experience versus inexperience battle. Look at the last handful of Super Bowls. It, it was Bill Belichick versus a third-year head coach this year. Last year, it was Bill Belichick versus a second-year head coach. What was the Super Bowl before that? Uh, Belichick versus Belichick win. versus a second- or third-year head coach. So it's like you're seeing this experience reach it, but then you're seeing these young guys reach it too. And while, you know... Bill obviously won two of those. He almost lost one and lost another one. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying that I think that I think that while it certainly matters and it is certainly important, I don't think inexperience is as much as a knock as people will say it is. I just feel like there is more proof than not that when it counts, the guys who have been there before more often than not succeed. I respect it. What did you learn this year? I learned that the Buffalo Bills have a franchise quarterback. <laughs> okay. 
I learned that Josh Rosen's going to be a bust. Wow. Yeah. I decided that on my way over here. Oh. I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about his numbers and stuff like that. And they also were talking about that they might trade him in the offseason because it, Cliff Kingsbury might want to draft. He's already, Cliff's already said Josh. Oh, did he say that? Okay, I was going to say. Beauregard, I, I think that. They're not going to take Kyler Murray one overall. Uh, I think that Lamar, I learned that Lamar Jackson can be successful in the league, but I just don't think it'll be for that long. Um, so kind of not successful. Then. Well, I think he'll be one of those kind of like uh, trying to think of a name that that matches this, but I think they'll be one of those. He'll be kind of successful and and solid for a handful of years, and then just kind of trail off late in his career, sort of thing. Okay. Um, because because obviously I think a style of football works. I just think that it won't. It's not. You won't be able to find longevity with it. Okay. Um. What else did I learn? I learned that Patriots suck. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah. I am looking. I am very much looking forward to to a lot of things, though. I'm looking forward to the draft because uh, we're hopefully going to be doing live coverage of it. We will, which will be really cool. I am looking forward to the offseason as a Bills fan, having all that. I mean, we've talked about it. I talk about it all the time in terms of our cap space and and draft picks. Um, I'm really looking forward to a lot of these quarterbacks moving around, which leads us to a really quick, I just want to say, kind of a breaking news. Uh, kind of, sort of. Joe Flacco has been traded to the Denver Broncos for a fourth-round pick this year. I like that. Which is huge, uh, because, excuse me, and also now they're reporting that Case Keenum's on the trade market now. See, this, that I find interesting. Uh, was They're going to say that he's, out there, he's either going to be traded, take a pay cut to be the backup, or be released outright. And what's interesting this is it's really smart for the Broncos because they locked down a veteran who's older so that they can have a guy that they know is going to be their quarterback this coming year because they know the quarterback class is better in, in two years from now. I don't think that necessarily means they won't draft a quarterback. Though. I mean, they might, but I think that they really think that they know that there are going to be guys like Tua Tagovailoa that are going to be there. But that means be you guys have, that like, mean, if you expect that, that means you tank. Like, I mean, if you think Joe Flacco see, is not I don't, doing anything. I don't, did we talk about this a couple weeks ago, too? But I, I see, I don't agree with the whole tanking thing in the NFL works because you could trade up to wherever you want to go. The, Bear, were, the Bears were in the late teens when they went up and got Trubisky. The Eagles were certainly low when they went up and got... Well, sure, you know, but then you, you sell the think, think about. I'm just saying, think about all these these young quarterbacks that are successful. We're all traded up for Wentz. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes. I mean, that's fair, uh, but you, know you sell mean? the farm, like, then I don't think Elway's going to do that. I also, I also don't think any of those teams sold the farm. They certainly gave up a lot, but none of them seem to be hurting for draft picks or anything like that right now. Well, most of those things are done with now. Well, you know what I mean, though. I mean, I they, think any time that you give up a first round next year, that I, I consider that as a GM, I think that's selling the farm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense come from your head. From my head, that's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You'll like draft day then because it really will seem like it's you and me. <laughs> Perfect. I, I mean, I've never seen that movie. Uh, but, I look forward uh, to watching it. Yeah, that's a, uh, a draft week tradition that I've had the last five or six years. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of those things. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what was the question? What are you looking forward to? Like, this offseason? Yeah, like, this offseason, next year, anything. Really. I mean, I feel like there hasn't been this kind of drama in an offseason in quite some time. Really we have the whole Antonio Brown, we have Le'Veon Bell, we have Nick Foles, we have all yeah. of these different things where, I mean... 
Joe Flacco. What was what was the drama last year? I can't even. I mean, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, oh, that was exciting. I mean, like there were, there was obviously always a handful of really good players that hit free agency, but yeah. not like with this pizzazz, and we don't see like these stars like holding out to go do different things. And yeah, Philly is like slapping the tag on Foles and he's going to opt out and like do all this jazz and people are talking about whether or not Pittsburgh's going to do the same thing with Le'Veon Bell and it's very it's funny because to me it seems as though the NFL players are trying to do what NBA players do and the NFL's just not having it they're saying no this isn't how we operate because the NBA does it all the time the NBA yeah. is doing it right now with Anthony Davis they're just somebody says they want to be traded and then, then they get traded because the players get to decide where they go basically in the NBA it does not work that way in the NFL, and I think that's why it's more popular. I feel like they're really trying to make it that way, though. And, and they really are. I mean, maybe. And if stars keep sitting out, then I think Bell, teams will start to listen. Bell and Brown are going to successfully force their way out, but it's forever going to tarnish their 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 names and their legacies. They're going to be like, "Oh, that was a me guy." I feel like there were a lot of people that supported Le'Veon. Levy on uh, less than Antonio. Well, they're different stories. They're, they're different circumstances. Right. But I do think that I mean the, those. I think that. Last year will forever be talked about in the same sentence as the rest of their careers. They're going to mention how, how great their careers were. Antonio Brown will probably be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. And then they'll be like, but he had that one year where he was just a, I wanted to say a bad word. Wow. I mean, he really kind of was a dick this year. <laughs> I feel like not until week 17. <laughs> but regardless... um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I uh, I think I know where both of them are going to go. Ooh. I don't know if I want to say that now or wait, but... I feel like you need to say it now. I think, it, I, think it Anto- I think Antonio Brown's going to the 49ers. Okay. With Jimmy G. Okay. And then I think that Le'Veon's going to end up in Miami. Oh. I, I think that Miami's going to pay the money. Wow. I don't I, know if Miami has the money. I think I think they'll figure it out. I really, I want Le'Veon to go to Baltimore. That'd be a lot of fun. I want. This is one of my cold reads. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I oh the well we can segue then because I do have two cold reads as well that are fun. Mine are all about quarterbacks though. I thought you hated quarterbacks. I do. That's why I'm giving you the questions. I love quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, where obviously you want Le'Veon Bell to go to Baltimore? I do want him to go to Baltimore. I just think that. It'd be so, first of all, I love the drama of the revenge game twice a year. Yeah. Love that drama. But I also just think it works perfectly with their offense to run it through the bell cow back and have your running your quarterback there too that can run it and pass it. And another thing is that they wanted the think about this. Baltimore wanted a pass catching running back so bad that last year they traded a fifth round pick for Ty Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So who better than to upgrade and get Le'Veon, who's a hundred times better than Ty Montgomery? So I just I think it'd be so cool, it'd be a lot of fun, and uh, I certainly would just continue to be uh, another pseudo Ravens fan with John Harbaugh at the helm. You're just rooting for the entire yeah I don't care. AFC North. Everybody that's not the Steelers. <laughs> you were the pseudo Bengals fan at the start of the year. Yeah, and they really disappointed me. They did. They fell off. Who <laughs> you all right there? Let me step on your grave. I'm dying. Wow. Well, you just told the audience, so good job. Yeah, I mean, uh, so if they don't go to Baltimore, you feel like Miami is the the place? Yeah, I really, it, it was strange to me, but I just, I feel like Miami is in an interesting position where there are going to be some guys that leave that, that are cut and traded away. Yeah. But I feel like that's a big piece that they're they're going to look at 
and I've heard it. I I've heard. It, I feel like I was the first person to tell you that, and you said it was stupid. I've heard Miami brought up a couple times by analysts that have said, you know, Miami have I, we've been hearing murmurs out of Miami, and so when I said that a month ago, you were like, oh, dummy, things are different than a month ago, and I would never call you a dummy. You're like, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but yeah, okay, yeah. interesting. I hear murmurs that Green Bay is going to swing for the fence again. Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I I would rather if, swing for the fences and get Antonio. I'll say this right now. If Green Bay gets either one of those guys, I will say that day that, they, that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Wow, that's how great. If they get either one of those guys, I will flat out say it the day it happens. I understand it in theory. Yeah. Especially, I mean, uh, LaFleur is going to want to like run... And Aaron Jones, where he's been extremely impressive, hasn't necessarily shown a great deal of durability. It would, it would make me very sad for Aaron Jones, to put it that way. Well, I feel like they would probably try to do it together, um, keep both, or use utilize both of them. But, again, I would just rather have the wide receiver. So, But, I mean, I guess if he came, I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. It's going to yeah. be, it's, it's, it's going to be, this is going to be the first off season where I follow both teams very closely. Usually, okay. <laughs> usually the off season is my Miami time where it's yeah. exciting and then because Green Bay doesn't do anything and Green Bay's during the year. So this is going to be the first time in quite some time that I get to follow both teams and be excited about them. That's so cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. So you want me to do my other cold read now or do you want to, okay, now I'm just curious about your quarterback cold reads. Tell me about it. Okay, so, uh, you know, actually, I'm going to scrap my other cold read. Okay. <laughs> because you said this, and I want you just to talk more about it as to why you think Josh Rosen is going to be a bust. Yeah, I just... Because when you said that, I wanted to argue about it. I don't... So I now just, I'm using this platform. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think all five of the first-round quarterbacks are going to succeed. That's fair. I think at least one of them have to be a bust. And I think that if I was going to pick one out of the five, it would be Rosen... And I know that we talked about this, and I know that you were like, oh, he's an Aaron Rodgers, but like, he just doesn't, and I see him talk, and I see him, his personality just does not make me believe that he's the guy that's going to make everybody else follow him. And certainly his play was very uninspired for most of the time, and I know that he was... Sometimes your quarterback's not that, that guy. I know that he was a rookie, and I know that he was just thrown in there. I, I've seen, I've heard the Eli Manning comparisons, uh... <laughs> But I don't. I'm not the biggest Eli fan either. You know, I just won a handful of Super Bowls. I just, I don't think that. You know, he has this. this what, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, ability to throw the ball very accurately. Oh, I agree. Disagree. But other than that, what else does he have? Oh, do you say he does have the yeah. ability? Oh, same thing. Yeah. He has the ability to throw the ball very accurately, but what else does he have? Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes. I just don't think this is one of those times. And I feel like when they add more pieces around him, you're, you're right. I don't think... I don't think... I Maybe Baker has shown it a little more than we thought coming when these guys yeah. were college players. I don't think any of them are like the complete total package. Yeah. I don't think any of them are that. Where it's going to be like, oh... This guy is now deserving to be on the Mount Rushmore. I think 
you could make an argument. I don't necessarily think it is, but I think Josh Rosen was put on one of the worst teams of the rookie quarterbacks. That's true. That's very true. Some people would argue the Jets, probably, or the Bills. I would think more <laughs> but, Josh Allen versus but, John, uh, uh, but yeah. Josh Allen had a lot of success. Yeah, you know, he, he certainly struggled at times, but I mean, he really did things that kind of put his te- the team on his back when he didn't have a lot around him. You're you're right. And you whereas J- Rosen didn't really do a lot of that. And I feel you're right. But I feel like you can't skill set. I feel like that has a big part of it. I feel like a lot of the wow plays we had from Allen were when nothing were there, and so he made it out of nothing. And that's obviously you can't knock him for that. That's incredible and good for him and and good for the Buffalo fan base to be able to do that. Where that would never that's not gonna be part of Josh Rosen's game and that was never touted to be a part of his game. Right. And so when you don't have a coaching staff that you you believe in, yeah. that's also going to affect. And there was a reason they moved on right. so extremely quickly. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think yeah. that's a shame. But it was very like, clear that they didn't believe in that staff. And I mean, like that came from the the turnover at offensive coordinator early on, and mm-hmm. they found a little bit of a spark. But even talking about offensive talent, I mean, you have DJ. Uh, you have Larry Fitzgerald, who yeah. is always going to be amazing. And when Josh Rosen went to Larry Fitzgerald, that's when he found success. But outside of those two, and, and then he DJ found a little bit of a connection with Kirk. But. Oh yes, that's true. And I feel like as he continues to to grow and mature as well, so I feel like we can't. I feel like it's just it's premature to say. I don't disagree. I just, my, I was saying that. Even though I mean, do you you have to remember early in the season I did say I think this draft class is going to go down as one of the best quarterback draft classes, so, which I still believe. I just if I had to pick one to be a bust, it would be Josh Rosen. That's fair. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. So I have two quarterback cold reads right here. Alrighty. And uh, both of them are based on the tweets that I saw. So I guess I'm just kind of the Twitter guy on our show. Well, somebody but has to be. Regardless. Um, all right, so most game-winning drives through a player's first three seasons. Tied for fourth place is Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning with 11. Third is Russell Wilson with 12. Second is Matt Ryan with 13. And first is Dak Prescott okay. with 14. Sure. Taking out Peyton Manning, because, duh, and Andrew Luck, because I know you. <laughs> Which of those three quarterbacks, Wilson, Russ, uh, Wilson Ryan, and Prescott, would you rather have as your quarterback? Russell Wilson. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Uh, and that's not a knack or a knock against Dak. <laughs> it's not a knack on Dak. <laughs> it's just I like, I love everything about Russell Wilson because okay. we're talking about I the agree. ability to to huddle up and have your team believe in you. I feel like Russell Wilson's one of the best at doing that. Yeah. And I feel like as of... Wait, was this, did you say within like the first couple of years? Yeah, is that what that's... within their first three or four seasons. Okay, because I mean, Matty Ice, I and mean, that's when he made it. I feel like Matt Ryan hasn't done that in a long, long time. Um, so Not certainly to the level that he did in his first couple of years. Right. I mean, that's where that nickname came from because he was always doing it. Yeah, I mean, they did it three years ago when they had his MVP season and they went to the Super Bowl, but... Didn't they? I feel like that team was just always amazing. Oh, well. <laughs> um, regardless... Yeah, I mean, I I, I okay. love everything about Russell Wilson, and then we've always said and that was Derek Powell's picks. I always said in Russ, I trust, uh-huh. and so there are a few quarterbacks I would take over Russell Wilson. Okay, so this one's cool. This one comes from uh, 
Ross Tucker of NFL, of the NFL Network, and uh, he's a podcast as well. And I thought it was kind of cool. And also, it's interesting because Flacco's on this list, and he was moved uh, today. Okay. He said, I want you to rank the following quarterbacks in order of which you would prefer them if your team needed a quarterback this offseason. So, so your team needs a quarterback. Rank these in the order of which you'd want them from first to last. Okay. Nick Foles, uh-huh. Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. Oh, God. That's seven. Seven. I think it's weird that we're throwing rookies in here. I thought this it was makes fun. it more difficult. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to go against Nick Foles as being one. Okay. I mean, okay. I feel like you get you get kind of the best of everything, and you, I, the experience. <laughs> word, of, word of the day from me, but that's obviously important. I mean, okay. you have somebody who's been to the playoffs. You've had somebody okay. for numerous times in his career. You have a Super Bowl MVP. Uh-huh. You have somebody who. I think control an offense and that's what he desperately wants. Mm-hmm. That's something again, just kind of tying in. You were talking about how maybe Josh Rosen isn't the guy to get to a huddle and control. That's what Nick Foles desperately uh, wants. Yeah. He wants to be that guy where he's looked to. So uh, I think it's very difficult to argue against that being one. <sighs> Throwing the rookies in is interesting. Yeah. Because I, I'm so, so fascinated by what is going to happen with mm-hmm. Kyler Murray mm-hmm. out of Oklahoma. I think he's such a fascinating, interesting, all of those great adjectives prospect because I think he is a true wild card. He yeah. is the quarterback where he doesn't necessarily have all that experience. I mean, he was the first year starter because, I mean, that was where Baker was and then he took over for Baker and he's undersized and we've been talking about undersized players and People keep doing it, and you have the Drew Brees, you have the Russell Wilsons. Kyler's shorter than both of them. But dang, the kid is athletic and talented, and I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he does do with the team. He, so, did, fully, he did fully commit to playing quarterback in the NFL a couple days ago. He did. So he's no longer chasing baseball. It still makes me a tiny bit nervous. <laughs> it's easy to say you commit to things, and then if things don't work out, you know you have... Bigger so, money sitting right somebody over there. Somebody did say Kyler's interesting because he could basically pick where he wants to go. Because he could pretty much call a team and say, look, if you draft me, I'm going to go play baseball. Or he could call a team and say, if you draft me, I'm coming to play for you. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, so It's dangerous, I think. It's, it makes me nervous. Well, nobody's saying so. that he's doing that. But well, he could. no, but I mean, it's a possibility. And <laughs> So you're putting him at two? <laughs> uh, let's uh, look at this again. Yeah, I'm gonna. All right. Put it to, okay. Uh, from there, I will say Flacco. Okay. I, I I like a veteran presence, and I'm not down on Joe the way other people are. You're talking about him being a brick, but I I feel like Denver is an excellent place for him to go. I feel like I like the wide receivers they have there. I think they will mesh well with what Joe Flacco does. And they have a pretty solid offensive line that they can only continue to improve now. Okay. And they have some darn good running backs. Uh, it breaks my heart because Teddy's going to be at the, at the bottom of my list, <laughs> which makes me sad. Uh, then I'm going to go, I'm going to be lame and say it's a tie between Tannehill and Haskins. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then I will put Teddy at the end okay. of my, my list, uh, okay. which breaks my heart. It, it, it's unfair to judge his week 17 performance with 
against Carolina. Yeah. It's not fair to say use that as, as a body of work. And I yeah. know he turned some heads in the preseason uh-huh. with the Jets and whatnot. And that obviously prompted the trade to New Orleans. Yeah. But I just, you haven't seen it in so long. Uh-huh. And he's coming off, and I know obviously he's he's healthy and he can play, but he's coming off just a gruesome injury where I feel like those things, while they heal and they save, comes back stronger. But gosh dang, if I wouldn't be afraid of that again yeah. and to invest in, in, in something like that. So, I and I feel like Tannehill and, and Haskins, I'm going to put them on, a, on an even plane because okay. Tannehill, we kind of know what you get. You get like that subpar thing. Yeah. I think Haskins is similar to Tannehill where like they're both semi-athletic, but mm-hmm. they prefer to throw the football yeah. primarily, but we just don't necessarily know what we'll get with Haskins yet. I mean, he, he lit it up at Ohio State, and, uh, and it'll be very fascinating to see where he goes. I feel like he's going to go to New York at, at four, and I feel like that would be the right pick for them. So that's that's how I how I would rank that right mm-hmm. there. It's gonna be all wrong. Well, I'm just laughing because our top and bottom are different. Okay, what would you do? I'm Kyler Murray's one for me. Okay, I don't think I I think that that's kind of uh, okay, Adam thing. I mean, you know what you're, I mean? That's but the quarterback I just, you love. I, I think that you I love think, that type of quarterback. But also the question is what you would prefer. You know what I mean? It's not right. Who is gonna have more success? Exactly. It's just which you prefer, and that's why Wilbon is number one. Two would be Foles, uh, three would be Bridgewater, four would be Tannehill, five would be Flacco, and last would be Haskins. See, you're not a Haskins guy. I'm not, though. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, so, um, and I, I also believe a lot more in Teddy than I think most people do, and I think that... I would love Teddy to yeah. come out and and. Well, because be... you were always Teddy Bridgewater fan. You were during that draft class. I remember that. Yeah. So And I still feel like he has skills, uh, but I mean, even, I feel like... A big part of me and my, and I think this might go for you too, a big reason why we root for Teddy is because we think Teddy's such a good human being. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if you look at his time in Minnesota, it's not spectacular. Not really. He never lit anything up. I mean, he had a couple nice games in the season where they went went to the playoffs. He was pretty good. But, uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. That was another AP. That was an AP season too. So, so yeah. But regardless, I... I thought that was a fun question. I like like doing that. We'll we'll do a lot. You're all about your lists. We'll do a lot more. Make me confused. <laughs> we'll do a lot more stuff like that in the off season too. But uh, yeah, so that's our kind of a wrap on our two two twenty eighteen. Shut up. Chia. There's a wrap on our 2018-2019 season. Uh, kind of looking over our schedule, we hope to what what episode number is this? This is twenty two. Is it? Yeah. I thought we were landing on twenty five the week we were on. Well, then cruise. we skipped it, and stuff's getting out of order now. Oh, so we might not land on that. No, we probably we won't. Sorry. Eh, it's okay. We could do a mini sode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mini sode compared to our other episodes. That's all right. Uh, so next week, hopefully, when we crank out an episode. We're going to do a deep dive into simultaneous catches history. Ooh. We're going to bring up some old clips from this past year, but I'm also going to find clips from our time at Barron, and we're going to revisit old debates. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to revisit topics. We're going to know that Josh was right on most of them. That's really funny that you said that, because I was going to like, we're going to learn how wrong Adam was. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, so I do feel like it's vice versa. But we'll see what happens. Um... Except for about Jim Schwartz, I was right. We were both did hit the nail on the head with Cam Newton and the Panthers. We did. We 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 really pinpointed them early. That was yeah. Uh, I feel like that's our shining moment. 
getting Cam Newton the Panthers, right? Yeah. That was the season they went to the Super No, it wasn't. They went to the Super Bowl when I was at Penn- when I was at Point Park. It was the following year. Yeah. No, it was two years. Was it? Because my first year at Point Park was Pat Seahawks. Oh. My sophomore year oh, yeah, was right. Broncos, Panthers. But yeah, so next week we'll do that and then maybe we'll do a fun special episode on the cruise. Uh, I don't know if we will or not, but uh, if we do, that'll be sort of our season finale, and then we'll take a week or two break off and head right back in for the beginning of the league year, March 11th, I think it is. I thought it was like March 2nd. No, it's, it's well, I mean, free agency, the beginning of the league year is March 2nd. Free agency doesn't start to like the 11th or something like that, so. <laughs> Why don't we have video so people can see their face there? <laughs> So yeah, Someday. anything else you want to want to say? Oh, I, I do have one tip. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Give me mean. a heart attack. You're being mean to me today. It's because you broke my heart yesterday. I didn't break You're your fighting. heart. We're not fighting. You won. I'm not going to fight you. Chastity is a nice name, everybody. Chastity is not a nice name. Josh wants to name our child Chastity. I didn't Chastity. say I wanted to. Okay. I'm saying everyone is, is really being mean to that name. <laughs> And I don't, I don't love the name, but it's not like this garbage name. I would rather be named. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> say because then that's mean to other things. But there are plenty of other names that I think are worse. Maybe. I'd have to hear examples. Herbert. Herbert. Herbert's a cute name. God, what? Little Herb. No. <laughs> anyway. Herbert is certainly not a worse name than. Yes, it is. Okay. Well. Anyway, I have a tidbit. I don't care. Okay. Well, end of the episode. Bye. Did you not click bye? <laughs> What's the tidbit? <laughs> the tidbit is about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so, in the 2014 draft, the Dallas Cowboys traded their second round pick and their third round pick to move up to 34 to take Demarcus Lawrence. Okay. Uh, that deal was with Washington. The two players that Washington took with that, those picks were Trent Murphy and Spencer Long. Buffalo signed Spencer Long a couple days, or yesterday, and they signed Trent Murphy last year in the offseason. I thought that was kind of fun. I just, can you map out what so, so, like so in two thousand picks that Dallas yeah, traded? Yeah, in 2014, Dallas traded a second and a third round pick to Washington. Okay. And the two players that Washington took with those two picks uh, are now on Buffalo. Okay. Which I, I thought, thought that was that kind of fun. I mean, I guess it is does mean the same thing, is yeah. what I was thinking. Okay. But regardless, that was kind of fun. You didn't think it was fun, but that's okay. I mean, you know, you're just full of your... I mean, I don't even know who those players are. I couldn't tell you what positions they play, so... You know who Trent Murphy is? He's a, he's a linebacker. He's a defensive end linebacker, yeah. Okay. There are too many, like, he times led, where it's like... He led Washington with sacks a couple of years ago. Okay, well, what did that mean? Like, eight? <laughs> eight sacks? Thirteen. There are too many plays. It's like, look at this Trent Murphy play. Spencer Long was a pretty high grade. He's a guard. Guard last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For New York. Well, there we go. Anyway, there we go. You have anything else you want to say? I just want to say, go Bills. Yeah. Anyway, make sure you check out the. Uh, did you stop it? No. Okay. Make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network that we are on. Uh, check out. Hopefully, Josh's new show. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll be on there soon. Hopefully, that'll be released. It's called Topic Hat. Topic Hat. It's kind of cool. They place topic. They place top hats on the table and pull topics out of it and talk about it. They do. 
Turning a new game show, right? It so is a game show. Oh, okay. Yeah, that we're still uh, developing and getting better at. My co-host Teddy and I. So we're uh, we learned a lot this past yeah. week. So yeah. So make sure you check out Toppy Cat. You're going to be uh, on it soon, eventually. I'm, I hope. I hope so. I'm also guest starring on an episode of Home Viewing. Maybe. Hopefully this weekend. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Crazy Stupid Love. Great movie. My life has been a little bit crazy, stupid, and not so lovely lately. So oh. I haven't been able to make time for them uh but check out that make sure you check out my friends kayla and Haley and their inspired but tired podcast yeah uh they gave us a shout out on their most recent episode oh nice that's them. nice yeah. thank you um <laughs> don't sound excited <laughs> but regardless thank I you guys it. for listening as always i thought you were gonna say something else bye god bless